Hello everyone and welcome back to the Earth Bodies podcast. I'm Katie, one of the founding members of Earth Bodies. If this is your first time here, it's great to meet you. We are a group of five female artists based in Bristol who are passionate about demystifying the art world and initiating new conversations based on our own experiences. If you've tuned in before, welcome back and thanks so much for being here. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing what the term fine art actually means and how we've come to understand it as young artists. We will be breaking down some terms that can make the topic a bit inaccessible and that we'll be using over the course of the series. Lastly, we'll be discussing making art for yourself versus making art for a viewer in mind. Our guests today are Natasha and Esme, who are also two founding members of Earth Bodies. You can find them on Instagram at etartfart and at underscore sweetie, sweet, <laughs> S-W-E-E-E-T dot art. Now, let's get into the episode. So to start us off, maybe we could talk a bit about what the term fine art means to all of us. Fine art, to me, basically means being able to artistically and openly express thoughts, feelings and concepts without any restrictions, really. And that's about it. And for me, I would say it is taking everything you know, all of your experiences, all knowledge you have, books you've read, films you've seen, all of this knowledge and um, putting it all together to express it any medium you choose. And this could be painting, this could be writing, it could be music or mind mapping, conversation, all of this stuff um, to me is what I'd consider fine art to be. Yeah, I think I'd agree. I'd say it's something that art has like a concept or a meaning behind it that can like be any kind of like medium or like um, material that you want to use. Also, I think of it as like something that's not just for an aesthetic purpose, but yet like fine art actually is defined as something that has like a concept or meaning behind it, but is also like very aesthetically eye-pleasing or beautiful. And yeah, it seems like the modern art world is sort of seems to be moving away from this, yet it's what is inherent in it. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's a really common kind of misconception with a lot of non-creatives in that I think fine art specifically for any kind of creative practice has to be seen as something that's beautiful and very kind of aesthetic. But I think um, like the modern art practice today is definitely moving away from that and I think art practices that were once deemed very kind of fine art based are now less about things like uh, very artisan kind of painting and more about maybe Mm. actual art and like community arts and things. And sometimes like to represent that as being something beautiful could like distract from the problem or like romanticize the problem and not portray it in a realistic way yeah exactly because I think like the history of the arts industry especially like back in back in the day it used (laughs) to be a very kind of wealthy kind of privileged view that is maybe something that kind of was only used to express a very select view but now I think it's become a lot more open for anyone in society to use as a form of expression. So I think naturally it's become a lot more open and the way that we view art has become a lot more diverse and rich and cultural. Definitely. I guess also that's come from, like you said, it used to be very focused on portraying things realistically, but also 
like art was made like for rich people like people would be a patron of the arts and so we only had very limited views but we also had like outsider art which can be like artists who didn't create under that who just created for themselves but often no one saw their art until like a really long time later and yet now that's a very like celebrated thing what do you also think about this move away from like um realistic or traditional art because i think a lot of people who get into art you know who might have not had like the art experiences or knowledge we've had will see that like as being like one of the main aims of like creating something good i guess or like it is yeah. still traditionally seen as inherently something important in it. Pressure on people who want to try out what, what art is and to explore like what, you know, what you could be doing. Mm. Um, so I think that's actually, it's a really positive thing to be moving away from Definitely. not only creating art, which is, which is seen as beautiful. Um, it's a lot more, I don't know, I guess it's definitely more inclusive. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it lets anybody be an artist. It's which very is, encouraging for loads of different people um, to know that they can, whatever their skill set or their kind of take on creativity, it's definitely got a place, especially in today's mm. um, art world. Mm. And I think it's really, it's really important for contemporary art to have a point where it moves away from being purely kind of for your own benefit and being more for the benefit of other people and to kind of educate and include people in something that is essentially a, a base level of forming a community more inclusive. Yeah, especially yeah. through like moving away from types of art, like traditional types of art, like drawing and painting. Now that art seems to encompass things that people might not even see as art, like music or performance, which people associate more with different industries like theatre or drama. I think as well though, um, art which is aesthetically you know, pleasant to see and art which is like realistic, it still definitely has a very, it's, it's got an importance It's still it. got a place, definitely. Mm-hmm. It, becomes, it becomes like, um, not necessarily something to aim for, but it's like, it's something which you can develop and know that you're getting yeah. better. Yeah, it? well, it's, it's yeah exactly. And yeah. I think it's really for developing a skill set as well and having the base levels because I think it's the thing I think a lot of people there's a lot of controversy around um the kind of place of art history and like learning about the more traditional parts of fine art and I think people are kind of wanting to move away from that but I think um having the knowledge to be able to draw really Mm. well or use like Mm -hmm. oil paint I mean I think the world has moved on a little bit but I think Mm -hmm. just knowing about it and learning about it and realizing that is where um fine art essentially came from and that's how we got today is yeah it's really important to know that and it's good to be able to develop your skill in purely oil painting Uh and just creating like a landscape which looks exactly like this photograph I've just taken Mm. but if you want to see it as a way of releasing something a way of like getting out whatever's been inside of you and like pushing it yeah. out onto paper mm. you know all these things are all these things are great and I guess it just mm-hmm. depends on the person you are and the artist yeah. that you want to yeah. be yeah yeah I guess it's like um like learning an instrument it's amazing to like make up your own thing but it's so important to like yeah develop that skill and then you can often from that um you know make your own thing up but you have like that history and you have that context and you're doing something yeah. intentionally, I guess. Like um, 
I get, like I think a big problem in like art school at the moment is that we don't often learn about like history of art anymore it's very focused oh. on contemporary art which is great but it's like I think there's a big lack in and even like techniques wise just understanding mm. more traditional artists use their mediums even if you're not going to do it in the same way it's still yeah really base knowledge so that you can kind of put it to your own use and like manipulate it to how you want because you might not necessarily want to be painting a you know really really detailed oil painting that's like what 20 feet high or whatever but you can still use the techniques and the like the knowledge that they had to put it to your own use which is really important definitely like you can apply a skill from one type of art to another yeah. even it's not in a very direct linear way yeah and still inform what you're doing and how you like perceive what you're doing so uh leading on from this i think there are plenty of other terms within the art world on top of like the word fine art itself i think we've all confound confusing on our journeys as young artists so we thought we could talk a bit about um, some of these terms and how we've come to understand them. So we thought we'd start off with uh, contemporary art. Well, <laughs> I think that it's used as, well, in my understanding, quite a loose term to kind of define the present day, the art that's being created now and mm -hmm. in the relatively recent past. So what, the last like decade or so? But yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's kind of it's used on a more kind of fluid rolling basis so it kind of moves with the times essentially mm -hmm. and also often like concerns art that's like quite innovative or like forward thinking a lot of the time doesn't yeah. it something that yeah. maybe if it doesn't reference what's going on um contextually at the time it has like an awareness of it yeah definitely of like where well, it is yeah. in like art history yeah. And I think we've used the term art practice a lot, like already in this episode. I think one of the main things to um, dissect would be like, what does art practice mean to both of you? I see art as being like a like the, the way of life. Like art is my way of thinking and understanding mm. the world around me. So practice would be like everything you do in terms of what you do with your art. Yeah. So it's being like researching things, looking yeah. into things, yeah. all, like all yeah. these. So, kind of stuff. yeah your own personal creative basically and what mm. that includes thought processes and concepts and how that translates into creating your mm. specific art your in your own you know in whatever medium um mm -hmm. medium is the what is it medium's like the the tool in yes. which you create your art with. yeah so medium's mm -hmm. like your or your drawing, yeah, oil pastel, photography, all of that. Yeah, film is like anything. <laughs> I think like practice is definitely like the journey you take. Yeah, the art. journey. That's a good way of describing. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, like the way like an artist goes about their work and um, the yeah. life that they lead lead around that because it does like encompass like you know every like thought you have, the way you like perceive and see the world, doesn't it? And that how that translates into yeah the methodologies or like the materials use like everything that you perceive you then create art and then from that art you will then take more inspiration and would you interpret like an arts collective to be as we call ourselves a collective but that term itself can be confusing for people <laughs> i think a collective is a group of like-minded artists or individuals that create um 
collaborative work together and mm -hmm. they have a specific group ethos or group direction mm. that they all work towards together so like having an aim like having a focus point yeah and as individuals you create in a way which is going towards your direction you can constantly be in feedback with each other like yeah always Mm -hmm. I mean, you gain feedback from yeah. each other. You're yeah. always like bouncing off each other as well, bouncing mm. new ideas. Yeah. yeah, like supporting wow. each other as well, I guess, too. Yeah. Yeah, and also I think it's, I guess, important to say as well that they, like all of us, like we're all making work together and doing this podcast and making the zine and like doing future projects, but also like you still remain independent artists and do your own work as well. And like, would you interpret conceptual art to be? Because that can be thrown around a lot too. So a concept is the meaning and the idea, the philosophy behind mm -hmm. what the art is. So I guess conceptual yeah. art is where, like we were saying before, the direction of art now being less about the aesthetic and more about the meaning. Mm -hmm. Conceptual mm -hmm. art is, is concept heavy. Yeah, I'd mm -hmm. say. It doesn't actually, like you could create a piece of artwork, which is just a mind map on a wall. Yeah, it doesn't even have to have a picture it's like a message which you can pass on to somebody and you can do this mm. either through talking or mm -hmm. an artist do it through their art piece whatever their medium mm. will be like the meaning behind it's like more important than the form it takes and like proceeds over like it being like traditional or technical or anything like that i guess yeah that's a popular stereotype actually when people see contemporary or modern art pieces where it's quite you know abstract. very yeah very abstract very naive kind of colors and forms and a lot of people go oh well my child could do this and it's like well Actually, technically they would i don't know but like the forms and like the process is possibly quite similar but there is a lot more to it than just yeah paint on yeah. the floor like, you know there's like a whole concept behind it and this concept is enriched by you as a being like you as a three-year-old would not be able to have the thought process for you yeah, as a definitely, yeah. Like the intent making the intentional choices. And yeah. um, how do you see installation art as well? So it's essentially like placing objects and perhaps paintings or books or clothes mm. in a in a manner which is creating a fuller art piece. Then what does curation mean? Oh. Curation is putting oh, together yeah. in mm. a specific order or a specific style. So it's, say, a gallery so it's a, Yeah, it's, again, having intention behind yeah. Yeah, and putting things together. Yeah. Not just, like, throwing them around. Considering yeah. the relationship between them and how that um, can influence yeah. the meaning in different ways, I guess. I guess also installation art can be, like, site-specific as well. It's often made for a certain space. Even if it's then moved into a certain space, it has to, yeah, be intentional about the way it uses it and um, yeah. often incorporates, like, the materials or the way... Like, yeah, the physical features of the site. I guess also when I've been, like, at uni, like, our tutors have always, like, what I've thought of it as is, like, something that encompasses multiple senses. Like, it might yeah. not be visual yeah. audio, where something immersive, maybe, it just has one sense. Like, it uses maybe just, like, visual works. So, say, an art piece that you can get inside of, like, a structure, maybe, or mm -hmm. something that's, that has different sound systems like surround sound maybe yeah. i consider that um, yes. immersive yeah rather than... i think they are very interchangeable i think yeah. they kind of they 
come together. Yeah, this definitely. One of the kind of not issues, but one of the things about art is that it's it's not very black and white. There's no, a lot mm, of very definitely. grey. A lot in of grey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very loosely defined sometimes. Yeah, which can be very fun. Which is yeah, it's very good. <laughs> yeah, and to play with those can be very fun. I like challenge yeah. what, what things can mean. Um, lastly, I thought, um, especially considering like what, what our work's about, it would be great to talk about socially engaged art and community art, because those are two like big terms that can be like often used together, yeah. but they do mean different things. Yeah. So it could be good to maybe if we yeah. define those and talk about what the differences between them that we think there are. Yeah, especially with the direction that art today is going in, I think works that are a lot more kind of with intention of involving other people and surrounding communities are becoming a lot more popular and I think socially engaged art is perhaps something that um, it's I'd say maybe more of a like social experiment possibly like in the community or in an urban area yeah or in wildlife mm-hmm. area which is bringing a community together also like wall murals for example so we're bristol based i don't like graffiti is a term yeah. which i'm not too sure on how to use but we have a lot of it's, big big pieces which like recently of the black Lives matter movement there's been pieces which are educating people yeah. and that would that's what i would yeah. say is yeah. a socially engaged art piece yeah mm-hmm. yeah another form of socially engaged art or community art is um public artworks which can be mm. in the form doing a doing a mural or some kind of collaborative sculpture or mm. even something that isn't necessarily a permanent artwork maybe some form of like demonstration or something like that yeah, that can also be considered a, a form of socially engaged art so something that just kind of involves local communities yeah, like a protest you could say that a protest is an art piece yeah actually yeah yeah well there's a, that's the whole um there's a lot of debate and kind of recent controversy around fine art becoming more a thing between aesthetic kind of artists and mm. activist artists and yeah. where it kind of crosses over yeah. because yeah a, a lot of um socially engaged art does have a form of social activism oh yeah, i see so we're yeah. saying that also i in my head i'd forgotten that socially engaged art can still be an aesthetic piece where it oh, can yeah. just be a painting which is yeah. engaging yeah yeah definitely it encompasses all <laughs> different things yeah it could still be you know it maybe it could be shown in the gallery but it was a project that was done that engaged a community yeah. and then you were yeah. showing it in the gallery to show other people like um I, like what some of the work at um the Arnold Feeney exhibition did um what was yeah, it the still feminist one yeah that one yeah was that we showed yeah. lots of like different projects that have been done by different people but yeah they were showing it in a gallery setting to like educate other people on like work that's mm. been done. What would you think um community art is in comparison then? So in my mind, um community art projects compared to socially engaged practice, I think a socially engaged artwork is while it's still involving a um group of people, I think it is more it still has a very obvious route of an artist directing the project while mm-hmm. uh, 
compared to maybe a community project where I think it is very much a grassroots um, kind of uh, team effort, really. And I think there's a lot of community projects that also um, rely very heavily on like volunteer work and everyone kind of putting in equal amounts to make it work. Um, but that might just be my experience. I'm not really no, sure. I think that's I think. a really good way of defining it, actually. Yeah. yeah. Because like community art, yeah, is often, it's not like quite so maybe directed by one person yeah. whose vision it is. It's sort of also maybe it's more, um, I guess sometimes can be more um, centred towards the needs of the local community by people yeah, within that community. Yeah, definitely. Whereas it could be an artist yeah. coming in, they might be from there, which is can, can make the art like a bit better because they have a bit of yeah. understanding. But I think yeah. really it can be, mm. yeah, a bit more yeah. grassroots, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Um, do we have like an example of what a community art is potentially? So, um, my a good example for me is um, there's an artist called Judy Backer who back in the, I think it started in around the 70s in California. She created a, it's called, the artwork is called The World's Longest Mural. Um, but it is, it was an effort for her to kind of show the uh, surrounding community the history that uh, Chicano and also ethnic minority mm. populations in that area, their history. Um, and it essentially was her, it, it was her um, idea and she presented it to, I think it was the local council, I'm not too sure, but mm-hmm. she presented it to a group of other artists, historians, um, like socially, um, social activists and, things. and then mm-hmm. they went out and got in touch with, I think it was, oh, it was loads, it was like, over, I think over 400 different uh, community members wow. and volunteers and um, over the course of, I think it was about, well, the, the whole, the project was, I think, about a couple of years to a decade long. Um, and every summer they painted a, a different panel of the mural, which um, eventually turned into a whole like visual timeline of the history of yeah. California. It's really incredible, but it's still going on today, actually. But yeah, so that is a really good example of community art projects where they really, really get in. It's not just an artist kind of like popping into a community being like what do you feel like you need and then doing it themselves it's like presenting an idea and then letting that idea manifest Mm -hmm. from your kind of Mm -hmm. initial uh, the initial start point yeah creating a community yeah yeah exactly as well like this is the community of people which created this yeah which is really yeah and then it kind of it see i think a really good kind of quote for me is uh, it was a movement, it's like a Spanish movement, like social activist movement called Arte Util, which is like mm-hmm. you present an idea to a community, but the whole point of it is to see how it manifests beyond that and see mm-hmm. where the community takes it and see it how like, it grows. How it grows. Yeah. 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 And with changing their like changing needs as well. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of putting it actually. I think also, yeah, there's like a lot of good groups in Bristol that do that kind of thing rather oh, than yeah. just like yeah. there's so many good places like you know um, People's Republic of Stokescroft or like Norwest Media mm. Centre there yeah. are a lot of places doing that kind of art in a really like yeah. 
accessible way I think mm. so I hope um, that helped everyone understand um, some basic terms that we'll be using um, across this podcast and that crop up in art a little bit more um, if you have any other like terms that you like face confusion with or would just like to hear us talk about you can always let us know on social media because I think this would be quite a nice uh, thing to do in different series of the podcast or bring up more often as like things change uh, in the next part of the podcast we wanted to discuss making art for the self versus making art with an audience in mind and how these can differ um, in their approaches but also how they can be used together as well yes yeah, so i um i quite strongly believe that um arts can be a therapy and art can be you know a tool which you can use to to go into like this meditative flow state and let yourself freely express whatever is going on inside of you and get it out, you know, onto paper, onto canvas, whatever your medium may be. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a really good way of being able to see what's going on inside you. Um, if you're going through trauma, it's a way of seeing this trauma outside of your body, like getting it outside of you and being able to kind of like understand yourself a bit better, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is, you know, cr perhaps creating art for yourself. Yeah. Whereas if you're creating art for, for an audience, I guess you'd probably have more intention behind creating a clear, a clear concept rather yeah. than just freely going at it yeah. and yeah. throwing, yeah. throwing all your insides out, yeah. you know? Something uh, to consider where in the mindset of creating art for an audience is a lot of the time especially if you are a commercial artist, you are commissioned to do mm. certain artworks. And then that is obviously more for an audience than for yourself mm -hmm. because you've already been told. Although well, you, don't, you don't perhaps lose your, your no, voice. No, 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 definitely. But they give you some sort of structure to work around or a theme. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. you're given something to interpret rather yeah. than just freely exploring all. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I guess like they choose you as an artist for that role because they know like yeah, yeah the way you approach and so your approach yeah. will come out through that but it's just a bit mm. more directed yeah. rather than just being yeah. cathartic just for you I guess. Yeah yeah mm. although I think they like you said they can go together um, mm. really well and I think um, an example of that would be uh, like activist or demonstration art because you are it's something that you passionately passionately believe in mm. and something that you really want to express but you are also mm. creating art for a purpose mm. of kind of I don't know, showing um truths to society mm. or getting out a point of view that you know will have an impact mm -hmm. um, then it can also be like less I don't think literal is the right word for this but like less clear it can be seeing mm -hmm. somebody's expressive piece mm. like something which has come purely from that heart and from their soul but feel a connection to it yeah. and then being mm -hmm. able to feel at peace with seeing somebody somebody else's own feelings which might be similar yeah. to yours yeah I think also like when your art practice centers around your own experiences or emotions it can be quite scary to get the confidence to call yourself an artist even like calling yourself an artist whatever the type you are, of art you make I think we've all had these feelings um, on our journeys like feeling like a bit of imposter syndrome ourselves yeah definitely I think imposter syndrome is a very big kind of 
hurdle that yeah, a lot of artists have to kind of go through especially coming through art school to like if you do a foundation or whatever and then going on to the next steps to become an artist in university or just a commercial artist or whatever you have to it's a journey mm. I'd say of like gaining confidence in your own art practice to get to a point where you can label yourself an artist mm. It's really is very important. And I think um, labeling a professional artist as someone who has a certain amount of experience or whatever, mm. who's been creating art for a certain amount of years, isn't, it's very behind the times now. I Definitely. think being an artist is more about your confidence in yourself and in your own art. And if you like what you're creating mm. and you think it is, yeah I guess as well it's the kind of person you are like if you consider the way that you think of things and the way that you decide to express yourself in an art way in an art way like then you are definitely an artist in the same way that if you swim you're a swimmer yeah or if you play a musical instrument then you're a musician yeah it's it's as simple as that it doesn't need to be a big scary thing if you want to be something then you just have to be it Hmm. like you don't need to think like oh if in 20 years well in 10 years time I will be an artist because I've done it for 10 years yes, like you're, you're an, an artist, artist now. as soon as as soon yeah. as you decide to be then that's when you that's yeah. when you become you know definitely and also I think once you do get the confidence to just call yourself an artist it comes at different times but like it makes you like go for those opportunities which you probably would have got before but you didn't go for them because you didn't think you know maybe you weren't good enough for your arts and at the right stage and I think there's this thing of always feeling like, oh, my art's not there yet, but that can go on forever. And just being like, no, if my art's exactly. good enough to be seen now. Everyone's on a different yeah. journey. Like I, I wrongly said last year, I think I had a big debate with somebody and I was saying like, oh, you know, everybody is an artist. Like we are all artists. And I don't think that's necessarily what I meant to say. I meant to say anybody can be an artist mm. and everybody has this, this thing inside of them, which is a voice. And when, mm-hmm. if you choose to portray your voice through an art medium, yeah. then of course you're an art. Yeah, I think it's important to say as well, like even though we've all like done quite a traditional art route of going, maybe doing art foundation, doing mm-hmm. art at college, going on to uni, I think it's a different kind of like um, confidence to find, to call yourself an artist when you haven't done like that route. And like when you've been freelance, yeah. that's, that's yeah. the deep yeah. for those yeah. people as well. Well, thank you both so much for being on this episode. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap things up? Well, I just wanted to say just, thank you for having yeah. me. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah. Keep on creating. Yeah. Make well, your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, I hope everyone learned something new about fine art and the variety of meaning it can have, especially in like the contemporary context. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be great if you could subscribe and stay up to date on our social media next episode which is released every tuesday i'll be having esme and tash back and we'll be talking about creating consciously by this i mean our own experiences with trying to make our art more environmentally sustainable through the materials we use and the ideas we have while still making it affordable and not unachievable anyway uh, see you next week thanks for tuning in bye